Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're doing a special episode tonight. Episode, uh, we're going to call it 7B, uh, specifically driven by the brawl in Lawrence, Kansas last night between the home court and highly ranked, highly thought of, prestigious Kansas Jayhawks and a rebuilding Kansas State University who's off to not, not its regular start. But before I even let Kevin get on that topic, I want to lead you up into uh, to some other things that I hope it's a fun listen for everyone out there. Kevin, I want to start t- by telling you that Every sport has its brawls, oh, so yeah. uh, so don't don't get upset now that you Kansas people can't get along. But every sport has its brawls, and I, I I was looking up today some of my favorite brawls along the way, and and I started back with uh, the most recent one that I can remember that sticks out in my mind for the NFL is um, I kind of got a kick out of this one because Mason Rudolph, kind of <laughs> OSU guy, and we used to kind of get a kick out of Mason Rudolph, but. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett taking off his helmet and, and hitting Mason Rudolph, which, you know, using a weapon, I guess, is going over the line. So, uh, top NFL and most recent. But I go through the sports, and I'll start, start thinking about some of the sports that fighting is just comes as, hey, it's just part of the deal. Hockey. Yep. Yep. You've gone to a lot of minor league hockey I've, games. I've gone to quite a few, absolutely. And, uh, and if you don't believe fighting's a part of the game, then, then you've never been to a minor league hockey. Now, I think in the, even in the professional hockey at the top level – there's still a guy that comes out and gets after it. But minor league hockey, it's literally half of the fans' entertainment is. I went to one minor league game one time in Tulsa, <laughs> and as soon as the puck, the puck dropped at the beginning, everybody dropped their gloves and started fighting. So they had some unresolved oh, yeah. issue from a game before. Just get it done. Just wait, wait, wait. He dropped the puck. They dropped their sticks, took their gloves off, and everybody went at it. Well, previous to living in Salina, I uh, – I used to go to a lot of Oklahoma City, and we think we caught where we're called the uh, – we weren't the Thunder. I can't remember. But Express owner, Bob Funk, owned the Oklahoma City minor league team. We played in the old Myriad that's now the convention center. And, uh, and I got to know some of the guys because Bob owned that, and I worked for him over in Express, and we did some things together. And he actually had a bruiser. I mean, they bring in oh, a yeah. couple of bruisers yep. on the game. that Great ski- skaters, can't play a lick of hockey, but can <laughs> fight on skates. And I can't even go around on skates. But anyway – that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. but So, some of the other sports that pretty common, professional baseball. Yep. You know, and some of my favorite fights that I've ever seen is usually involves a pitcher hitting a batter and the batter coming after, and then it just turns into a brawl. Uh, my most memorable, because I'm a Yankee fan, is uh, whenever Pedro was playing against uh, Roger Clemens yep. in the 03 American League Championship Series. That's whenever Pedro hit one of the Yankee guys mouth to the dugout well then Clemens is the kind of guy he stood up for the team and he threw at Manny and then Manny being Manny he decided he wanted to fight um Nolan Ryan putting Robin oh, yeah. in a headlock yeah, everybody remembers that, that one wasn't much of a fight not but much be- of a fight between those two that was classic I I can still see him putting in the headlock and just punching him oh, one after great. another and today as I was going through this I played it two or three times Robin <laughs> Robin Ventura a side note, Robin Ventura is back at Oklahoma State in school yeah. to finish his degree and is being, uh, has become a graduate assistant at Oklahoma State. So uh, pretty good. Good for Robin Ventura. 
but I still do like the knots on his head <laughs> no one put there. And then we went next, uh, I, I thought, next sport, you know, NASCAR. I don't know if that's a real, you know, Clint Boyer. Kansas man went after Jeff Gordon one year in a fight. And Jeff Gordon wrecked him, and he went after him. And I, it, it was a prolonged fight. I think the two guys hated each other. And, uh, of course, you remember Ricky Bobby fought Jean <laughs> Girard. Jean Girard. Jean Girard because he wouldn't tell him that he loves crepes. So yeah, What's funny about the NASCAR thing is I see those guys fight all the time. And smartly, they never take their helmets off when they fight. That's probably correct. a good thing. But the dumbasses will try to hit each other. While they're wearing a helmet. That doesn't work out very well. <laughs> hey, th then I'm thinking about two more sports. Next, major sport, golf. You ever seen a fight on a golf course outside of Happy Gilmore and Bob Barker? Don't <laughs> happen. Gentlemen's game. Couldn't roll into the crowd. But then we go into the NBA. And this is the one place that everybody's heard about, Ron Artest going into the <laughs> stands. in. Uh, they were playing. Uh, Indiana was playing in Detroit. Yep. The malice and, uh, in the palace. He went into the stands and was actually fighting fighting people in the stands. Now, to come to last night's game, w out of all those things that we just talked about, and everybody out there has probably got a lot more favorites, but about all those things, what is the similarity between what happened last night and what happened at the malice at the palace in the NBA a few years back? Well, the one of the big differences is – uh, fans weren't involved, and that's the cool thing. I mean, there were, there were some fans that were sitting there, but they did not get involved in the actual fighting itself. Well, not not the fighting itself, right. but they got, they there was a potential for some injuries. Oh, absolutely! That was the handicap seating section, section right there where they went into. So, absolutely, they can't really get up and move too fast. So, well, the the one thing that uh, watching the video, of course, sit and watch the video two or three times. There was one lady that uh, was trampled. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the uh, security men come over and tried to pick her up, and she looked like she'd just lost all of her bodily functions right there on the side. So that, that I'm, I'm sure I was thinking, man, that's a, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yep. Around on the other side of the – away from the fight, there were two your, – your daughter has been a ball girl before at K-State basketball games. Or, well, we've been close to it. We've close not down ball to girl, it. We've been, been down, down on the bench, yeah. Okay, by the bench. There was two kids about 8 to 10 years old that are sitting right beside it. They, they get to witness this whole thing. That's part of the embarrassment of it. Of course, the students behind looked like they were having a good time with it all. But, yep. but anyway, I just want to get your take on it. After you hear about all these fights and all these things that went on, what, what is your, just your first immediate reaction last night when this happened? My immediate reaction, I'm going to call this the sunflower throwdown. That's what it's going to be known as moving forward. You know, well, my first reaction is, hey, K-State got their ass kicked in the game, and nobody's talking about that. So yep. that's a good thing, I guess, from that standpoint. But, you know, no matter what you guys hear from us for the rest of this podcast, neither one of us are going to condone this behavior. There's going to be some, some comments we may make here or there, but at the end of the day, we're not going to condone the behavior. I mean, both, both teams had a chance to not escalate the situation. And, and both teams took the opportunity to escalate the situation. So, in, in my opinion, both sides are wrong. I'm not going to sit here and harp on, on KU and say this was a one-sided deal, you know, that sort of thing. I will tell you I'm going to have my, my glasses on. Those are going to have a little purple tint to them. So, we've got Philip here to uh, call me out if something I say is, is kind of stupid or, you know, he has a different view of, of what, he ha what, what he saw. But – my personal opinion uh, of what happened, I mean, first off, 
the whole thing started when Dejuan Gordon stole that ball with five, six, seven seconds left, whatever, what, you know, when KU was going to dribble out the clock. Went in for a layup, shot gets blocked. D'Souza stands over him, taunts him. I've heard rumors or things. Some people say maybe he spit on him, maybe he didn't. But but those are facts. I mean, that's exactly what happened. So the question is, I guess, if, if you want to blame Dejuan Gordon and K-State, which a lot of KU fans are blaming him, you know, should he have stole the ball? So I, I, honestly, I can make argument both ways on that. Um, you know, the one camp says yes, which K-State fans. Being that I'm not, Dejuan Gordon, is he a guy that comes in late in games or is – no, he's actually started starting games the last couple, the last week or so. I'm so curious why freshman Chicago player of the okay. Chicago player of the year. Um, he, the dude's just a baller. He's a hustler, and and I'll tell you this, that for those that don't watch K State, Dejuan Gordon is a guy that plays to the buzzer. I mean, there's been games, Texas Tech game, I know where K State was going to lose the game. It was done. He's still diving for balls on the court. Yeah. So the guy hustles. The guy tries until that buzzer goes off. Um, you and, heard what Bruce Weber said. I mean, you read his oh, yeah. quote on it. Oh, yeah. No, he, he says he told him to let it go. So here, here's the thing that, that people aren't talking about or, or didn't start talking about till later today, though. If you go back and watch that video of that steal, at, at the beginning of it, when D'Souza dribbles the ball down the court, Gordon is not guarding him tight. He's kind of staying off of him. And then D'Souza takes his forearm and pushes Gordon out of the way. And that's when he fumbles the ball. Gordon lunges for it, steals it, and goes. Yeah. So I would tell you, the only person that can answer this question is Gordon himself. But I would tell you, based on his body language, I do not think he was planning on stealing that ball and making that play until he was pushed out of the way by, by D'Souza in that, in that scenario. So, Well, he, he, Bruce Weber said, took the fault. It's probably my fault, he yep. says. Says, uh, I had them not to press, not to foul. I told them to back off, but the kids are young guys. They want to play hard. They were disappointed and frustrated. You don't want to take the fire out of their belly, but at the same time, you have to handle it right. I oh, guess yeah. it created a bad thing. Well, the truth is, you're talking about a freshman playing his first game ever at KU. Yep. Of course he's going to play with a little fire in his yep. belly. He's probably heard so. of it his whole life. I hope so. If he doesn't, I have a problem with that, so – and and for some of you, especially some of, of uh, Phillip's friends and family that listen to this, there's a history with this rivalry, with this sort of thing, um, over the last 10 years or so. So go look up the Brennan Green dunk. Go look up Barry Brown's shout-out when he did, did a similar thing at the end of a game. Barry's exact quote was, shout-out to Brennan Green. Because yeah. he did it, and then Barry Brown came back. And did. So there's a history behind Didn't that. Didn't you guys get reprimanded by the Big 12 during a KU basketball game? We always get reprimanded by the of, Big 12 for Of the fans stuff. rushing the court Rushing after the, the court. Game. I'll get into that okay. here in a little right, bit. We'll but we did, later. yeah, absolutely. So so here, here's the thing. I mean, he stole the ball. That happened. D'Souza made the block. That happened. In my opinion, you can argue one way or the other. Both of them were basketball moves that happened while the time, while the clock was running. So you can argue whether it's right or wrong, whether there's an unwritten rule, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, those two things were fine, as far as I'm concerned. That's my opinion. So I have no issues with either one of those. Obviously, where, where it starts to get escalated is, is when D'Souza stands over him for four or five seconds and taunts. And at that point, that's when basketball ended. And yeah. Dick move on his part, 
probably. I mean, same deal. You want to see fire in a, in, a, in a rivalry. And KU will tell you this isn't a rivalry, but it is. And I think last night proved that. But I, I think where it went a step further, and this is where K-State kind of gets involved in, and uh, it, it's hard to not blame K-State for part of this. Like I said, both both schools had an opportunity to stop it. Was At that point, Antonio Gordon standing in front of D'Souza and – falls into him now a uh, one camera angle i saw it looked like he was shoved into him the other camera angle looks like he was not shoved and he just walked up and pushed him but either way that's when things really proceeded to get out of control yeah the gets up starts throwing punches you know uh, this is whenever you start seeing them rolling onto fans and correct. like we said in the handicap section this is whenever it becomes troublesome if that would have stayed out on the uh, midcourt uh, first of all, you don't have a chair over your head if you're at midcourt fight. But I don't think fans get as upset if something happens at midcourt. Well, if it's, on, it, the, if it's on the court, obviously the fans aren't involved, right? right. Well, hockey, NASCAR, some of those things we all talked about. All the things about, we mentioned, yeah. The fans are separated from yeah. from what's going on, even in football. But uh, in basketball, they're right there. So, it you know, outside of it being on the court, it's going to have fans involved. So, um, you know, when I saw it live last night, it's interesting, and 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 we we started this the the Big Twelve literally about ten fifteen minutes ago just came out with their punishment. I was surprised at what James James Love got last night. I thought he was very integral in the situation. Watching the videos today, I didn't feel like he he did as much as I thought he did. Um, but James uh, Love, yeah, just the fact that he left the bench that's Correct. the worst. So here here's the thing with him, and I'll uh, I was going to talk about this later, but it's that suspension from K-State standpoint is is irrelevant. Yeah. The guy so they did clarify that his suspension will not start until he is medically cleared to play. Okay. He's played in one game this year, 2 minutes, has one rebound, zero points. I think he's got like 16 points combined in his 3 years at K-State. He was probably leaving at the end of the year. That's one of the scholarships that were going to be open while we're still recruiting players. In my opinion, he's probably never going to p- put on a K-State jersey and play again. And I think every K-State fan is fine with that. So that one doesn't hurt. I think where K-State has to breathe a sigh of relief on the suspension piece is that uh, Dejuan Gordon was not listed on there and David Sloan was not listed on there. Yeah. So Because those are two guys that are younger guys that are coming on right now. Well, the sub- suspensions we see come from the Big 12 Conference. So far, yes. There's still an outside chance yes. that schools themselves, because I expect, Fully expect DeSoso to never wear a KU uniform. I would 100% agree with that. They're so. saying 12 games. That's what the NCAA or the Big 12 Conference is putting down on them. But I, I think Bill Self has stuck his neck out uh, just as many times as he's going to for DeSoso. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day. Two games for McCormick being less than Antonio Green. That was just the one few, surprise. That's pretty me. shocking. Yep. I was okay with the suspensions they gave except for that one. I felt like. Um, Antonio Gordon definitely deserved the three games. I got no problem with that. But McCormick was the guy who was stomping the mud. What, what Steve Austin used to say? Oh, yeah. Stomping the mud hole dry. Yeah. So, he was. He was over there stomping away. And yeah. I was thinking, man, I hope that's not a one of those handicapped people. Or something. I didn't know who he was stomping. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and McCormick is probably the luckiest guy in college basketball right now because of the fact that, well, he's stomping the mud hole dry on whoever that was yeah. on, from K-State on the floor. Nobody really is talking about that too much because that's the exact moment when DeSouza picked up the stool. Yeah, when all hacks all Jim Dugan on him. <laughs> or Miles Garrett, as yeah. some people were, yeah. were calling it today. 
Well, the the the, uh, the stomp out um, was impressive. He was pretty good. And if you the, the you know what this was a it was a picture the steel frame of him with the with the uh, chair above his head, another guy on his back over at the side. The lady's got his legs wrapped around him, but it's a still shot of a young America right now in the background. Every kid had their camera turned on, shining down to Oh, it. yeah. Not living in the moment. Nope. Not a one no. of them was living in nope. the moment. Every one of them was taping it yep. to watch later. And, you, you know, I've I seen many times I'll say, these kids that don't watch things and enjoy them while they're happening because they're so busy with their phones, man, that's when we can – we said next one we're going to get into kids. That'll be my one, one of the things. These kids just – you have to look at the picture. I bet there's 75 phones filming it at yep. the same time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you see it at concerts. We're getting off topic here a little bit. Where yeah, yeah, you're at a concert or whatever, this. and they're just holding the phone up, and you're like, watch the thing. What are you doing? So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so, so suspension-wise, DeSouza gets 12 games. That probably will take them about to the end of the of the conference season. My guess, I would agree with you, he's probably never going to wear a KU basketball uniform again. He's probably done for the season. McCormick gets two games. We talked about that. James Love gets the eight games. Antonio Gordon gets three. So, you know, I think – KU needs to breathe a sigh of relief that that uh, Garrett probably didn't get suspended. I don't, you know, he was in the picture. I don't know how much he did. Maybe that's why he didn't get suspended. And from K State's side, I think was Sloan and and uh, Dejuan Gordon both kind of skating out at this point. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's big for both. I, of them. I bet I bet they'll get something from their from home home guy. Their home their, because I I saw a couple times. I don't know who he was pushing, but. But Coach Weber was awful upset and pushing someone up into the locker room. I couldn't tell who the guy was, but I thought he was really upset with that guy. That guy could have some trouble. The um, the Jayhawks have until February 19th to uh, respond to the notice of allegations that they received <laughs> from the NCAA in September, you know? Yep. Um, citing the case of DeSosa and another Kansas recruit and charging self in the program with a lack of institutional cor- control. Now, how good does he feel about having that guy on the roster now? <laughs> And February 19th is a tick, tick, tick. What are we going to do, Bill? Yeah, well, one of my one of my lines here this, that I read on Twitter is pretty, just said, well, luckily the FBI is already in Lawrence, so they'll be able to get this <laughs> taken care of pretty quick. I mean, he, here's the thing with KU, and, I'm, and this is where I'm going to harp a little bit. So for any of you KU fans that may listen, this is probably about the time for you to turn the, the podcast off. But, uh, you know, it's been quite a three-month period for KU basketball, and you sit and think about this. So the FBI comes out with that notice of allegations you mentioned. You've got audio of an assistant coach that, that's come out discussing how much they need to pay to try to get a player there. You've got Snoop Dogg who brings his strippers to the late night at the Fog family event. You know, I was there. Oklahoma played uh, Oklahoma played them in football that day, and I just missed Snoop. If I knew he was giving out $100 bills, I'd have went over. <laughs> shooting money cannons, yeah, shooting at, the, money cannons. at the players. You got Bill Self doing the promo <laughs> with the Adidas shirt and the and the gold dollar sign chain. Mm. Um, now you got players throwing punches and picking, picking up stools like it's a WWE no-holds-barred fight. I mean. We need to clean it up. How? If that's not lack of institutional control, yeah. I would be scared to see what lack of institutional control. I mean, there is absolutely no control over what's going on in Lawrence right now from, from my standpoint. There's a video. You need to go check it out on Twitter, though, That and it's kind of making fun of the situation, and it's not a funny situation, but they have uh, the video of the fight, and they got oh, Jerry the King Lawler and old Jim Ross on there oh, doing great. doing uh, kind of a voiceover over the top of the fight. I, I got a good 
kick out of that one. But uh, I mean, it, the from my standpoint and and from the K State side, it's what's interesting to me is is the media really picked up on this today, and I think they're finally coming around to see some of these things that I see a lot. Um, what I what I mean by that is is um, during the second half of the Duke game last night, they were talking about the black eye that this gives KU, and I'm sitting there thinking. Of, I mean, it does, but where have you guys been for the last five, six years when all this other crap's been going down? Yep. Like this, this is your well, final so when, you, when it just happens one thing after the next after the next. You remember years ago, the the king Barry Switzer had this gradual fall where the kids went out of control, and and uh, I mean it ended up Barry having getting fired, and who would who yep. would fire the king? Yep, um, but it it. it it started as letting the kids have a little bit, and then right. a little bit more, and right. a little bit more, and pretty soon we were cheating. I mean, I, I'm, I'm an Oklahoma fan, but I know what was going on. We're selling cocaine on yep. campus. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's gone that far, but there's somewhere he lost it somewhere along the way, and it feels like KU has had got a little bit of that going on right now. They're losing it. Well, those guys don't think that they can be touched. Right. I mean, they and I know they Oklahoma can get away that with that attitude stuff. at the time. I mean, you've got the Morris twins who are shooting BB guns out their dorm window at people walking by on day one on campus. Yep. Nothing happens. So once you start letting that stuff go, it's going to they're going to continue to push that. They're kids. Yep. They're going to continue to push that boundary. So, you know, what? what's really interesting, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend is, you know, this is horrible timing for KU. So we got the Big 12 SEC Challenge oh, yeah. coming up this weekend. And their game day was going to be at – college game day is going to be in Lawrence. I'm guessing they can't pull that now. It's probably too late to do that. So you know this is something they're going to talk about. The national, video is going to be wide. be dissected over and over again. Um, you know, of course, I know it's national. I got a call last night. I mean, a text from friends in Georgia last night that said, "Oh my God, what's going on in Kansas?" You know, so it's it's a national story. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when you break into the other games, and I don't know if I'm going to take it this far. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Dick Vitale comes on and he yep. says. 40 years, been doing this for 40 years. He said it's and, – and, of course, this is an immediate reaction. He hasn't had time to sit down and look at it. But just, just at first look, he says, worst he's ever seen outside of the NBA. And three times, he said, during a one-minute clip, three times he said criminal. Could be criminal. Could be. I mean – And, uh, I mean, that that's yep. – take maybe, maybe if you're a KU fan, you say, hey, that's taking it too far. But that's a national guy saying – Hey, one swing of that chair, it could have become criminal. He said it three times when, when a minute's uh, in a minute blip that he yeah. gave. I, I would say that the Cincinnati Xavier brawl in 2011, 2012, whenever that was, was very similar to this. I would say it's probably a little worse in the fact that there were punches that were actually landed and people cut and, and there was yeah. blood and that sort of thing. But that one didn't spill into the crowd. So, and, and obviously the NCAA took this one a little more seriously. I think that one, the biggest suspension was like maybe six games or something like that. So, but you got to think that probably DeSouza's pass probably didn't help in this scenario uh, when they when they kind of look at everything. And, and like I said, at the end of the day, I think this pretty much means he's done at KU. So I did hear, though, that the chair that DeSouza picked up has been suspended from Allen Fieldhouse for the rest of the for the rest of the basketball season. So they Good, did they did be. self impose some be. penalties there. Well, you it's never it's never the person it's always the weapon. Well, and I'll say one more thing, and then we can move on to a couple other things and and go on our way. But uh, what's what's 
I understand the rule and why this happened, but what was kind of funny about all this. So I think we agree that D'Souza was very instrumental in starting this when he was taunting. So he got a technical foul for the taunting. Yeah. All of the players got ejected for leaving the bench. So the only players that were available and came back out to play that last second were the 10 players on the floor. So even though players, some of them that probably had absolutely nothing to do with it, were ejected from the game, D'Souza was actually not officially ejected from the game. It just got a technical foul, and that was it. Huh. That's great. So, well, one other thing that uh, I was going to mention, um, and then I'll, and then there's one other topic we're going to talk about real quick. This is just kind of an interesting fact I, fact I came across on Twitter this morning. But uh, the Raiders may have won the Super Bowl for the 49ers already. <laughs> an interesting little tidbit. In 1981, the Raiders played their final season in Oakland before moving to L.A. 49ers won Super Bowl 16 over the Bengals that year. 1994, the Raiders played their final season. My favorite season. guy, Boomer Sison, was the Bengals quarterback. Yep. In 94, the Raiders played their final season in L.A. before moving back to Oakland. Yeah. 49ers won Super Bowl 29 over the Chargers. Oh, boy. 2019, Raiders played final season in Oakland before moving to Las Vegas. We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. Hey, we give a we we're we're in it now. We know who's playing. We didn't we know do. when we did our last podcast. We do. Any any kind of a prediction you want to throw out? I'm there? gonna probably put some money on the over right now. I think it was like at fifty four or fifty five, something like, I that. like that. Um I think there's gonna be some points scored. Yeah. Um uh, it's hard, man. I, I I honestly haven't looked at the watch the watch the 49ers too much. Um around here it's mostly AFC or the Cowboys on TV. So I haven't watched it too much. I'll be rooting hard for the Chiefs. I don't know that I'm ready to make a prediction yet. No, it's tough for me too. That's, that's two that's very good teams. One. And honestly, in my opinion, pro- from what I have seen, probably the two best teams in, Chiefs in the Chiefs 42 to 28. I'll go ahead and give it out there. 42-28 <laughs> yeah. well, Chiefs. Let's go Chiefs. Put money on the Chiefs then. <laughs> All right, last topic, yeah, and then we're going to get out of right here. There. So your boy, Derek Jeter. Now officially a member of the Hall of Fame, I want to know one question: Who was the one dumbass who didn't vote Jeter so he couldn't be a unanimous selection? The, you know, he's got to be a guy that wants on TV today. Had to be one on. T- had to ha- he's got some outside excuse for why? And maybe he says, "Hey, Marion Rivera, first one ever." I just don't feel like we should have two within two years if no one's ever. Maybe it's maybe it was that. That's maybe what if I Mariano would have would have been. Jeter would have went first. Maybe Jeter would have gotten a unon- yep. anon- unanimous or whatever you call it. <laughs> and the next one would have – we can bleep that out. Uh, <laughs> you know the first time I ever saw Derek Jeter? 1997, Texas Rangers. Went down and watched him play against the Texas Rangers. Went again in 98. When I was young, I never – of course, so I couldn't make it to New York. and uh, But we could drive to Texas. It's only about a two-and-a-half-hour drive to Ranger Stadium. So I saw Jeter play 97, 98, probably right on through – uh, I remember whenever Hal was born, I had to – the first time he ever got babysitted, I had to go watch the Yankees play. So, my mom babysitted Hal, so that was 17 years ago. Um, so, I've seen Jeter play many, many games over the years. But the one thing that stands out about Jeter that um, more than any is his postseason play. Yep. He's a great player uh, all along. But in postseason, he – now, of course, we're talking about extended postseason because Yogi Berra's got, what, 10 or 10 – World Series rings, uh, and 
Derek's got twice as many postseason games with the extended because right. used to they just played the Wilson. But 158 postseason games is an unbelievable run. Uh, a full season. Yep. Full well, season and of I think postseason his, games. His batting average was, was significant, and it's a smaller sample, obviously, but his batting average, if I remember correctly, was significantly higher during the postseason. Well, he batted three oh eight in postseason, hit 20 homers. He didn't average 20 homers a year. He had a couple of a little over uh, almost a 400 on base percentage, so you know what that yep. means. Um, you know, I think I, I can honestly say I might have done something that no one else did in Salina, Kansas. I was at Jeter's last game yep. uh, back in September 25 of um, oh, uh, 14. Uh, and I'll tell you how fortunate I was. Jeter had missed the uh, 13 season, only played 17 games in the 13 season. And so my birthday is February 25th, and Lisa gets me the best birthday present of my life. He, she gets me Jeter's last game, September 25th. Already gets the tickets and everything. And I said, well, there's no way he's going to be playing. He only played 17 games last year. Well, lo and behold, uh, Jeter stays healthy his whole last yep. season. Plays, plays about 150 games that last season. And I'm at the uh, game where he walks it off, and it's probably, and maybe one of these days we'll get into this, it's probably the the best sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Most excited, cried, everything. Loved it. <laughs> me, they had me and my brother and Lisa there together. Jimmy went with us, did not go into the game. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. How crazy is that? That's about Stayed right. Stayed outside. Yep. And I said, you just missed maybe the greatest. Uh, now, J he, he actually thinks that baseball doesn't exist, but uh, if he'd have been inside there, he'd have known that it existed that night. Yep, that's what it's all about. So, great for Derek Jeter. The uh, Larry Walker going in with him. I, I used to like Larry Walker. Did You know, uh, put on your thinking cap. Is Larry Walker, when he first came up, was he an expo? He was an expo, absolutely. So, he'll probably be the last expo ever to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, is I there anybody I else? Tim Raines is already in. Yeah, well, uh, I was, I was wondering is, if he's going in as an expo. I don't know. No, I think I would expect he would go in as a okay, Colorado. Right, that's I'm what just I was talking about too. somebody who played for okay. the expo. Yeah, it's. Probably uh, he's at the end. Th of they the got to be at the point where those players yep. wouldn't have an opportunity anymore. So yeah, but I, I would think he's probably there at the end. So you know, one of the funny things about Jeter over all of his career, he never won an MVP. Um, All Star, of course, about fourteen times. I think um, he's second in MVP two or three times, twice. I think um, in, but never won an MVP even in years that I thought he should have won it carried him and won the World Series with him. Uh, or he got, he's got five rings. Um, so, yep. great as he was, he's never was the very top guy for a year at a time. He yep. just was steady. Yep, absolutely. Steady can, I mean, you can count on that guy every time, except for until that next to last season. He really didn't miss any significant amount no. of time for injury or anything like that. So, guy you can count on. It's kind of like Cal Ripken where you just, you just know he's going to show up, he's going to put in the work, he's going to get the job done. He's he's someone you can rely on, and and definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So congrats to uh, Derek Jeter, and uh, if Phil ever runs into that guy who who didn't vote Jeter in on his first ballot, we're probably not punch him, him in the face. Start another melee. <laughs> well, that's that's all we really had. We just wanted to get on here with, with between Jeter uh, being on in the Hall of Fame and and the the sunflower throwdown. I'm not telling you right now. I was thinking about not going to the to the K State uh, KU game in Manhattan on the on February 29th, but just might have to go now. Might uh, might be amped up a little bit uh, for that next one. 
Well, go as far. I'm going to go one more time. I was when I was looking at these brawls. There was a brawl one that I uh, that I looked into. That uh, of course we don't condone, but it was a good one. Remember when Mike Tyson bit Vander Holyfield's ear <laughs> 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 <His> off? <hair, yeah. laughs> that turned into a yep. pretty nasty yep. brawl. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, well, anyway, thanks for listening again. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks after the Super Bowl, I would assume. Yep, should be right after the Super Bowl. We'll uh, we'll get another episode unless uh, we have another uh, melee or something. <laughs> we feel like we need to jump on and talk about. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.